0: and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Prelude to Felony.
1: 30 Wednesday morning in mother, Texas, July 7th, 1951, as Sheriff Alan Hankins answers a phone call in his office.
2: Hankins speaking. Sheriff, this is Buck Watley. Oh, morning, Buck. What can I do for you? Well, first off, you can help me locate four calves that were stole off my place last night. You sure they couldn't have strayed somewhere? Sure, I'm sure. I had eight of them in the field out yonder. This morning, four of them's gone. No fence is broken, way they could have got out. Somebody took them, that's all. Uh, how long they been missing, Buck? I told you, just since last night. The kids were riding across the field on their way to school just
3: now. I heard the old cows bawling and carrying on. My kid Reno's pretty smart. Yeah.
2: She turned back and seen some of the calves were missing. Well, did you take a look yourself? I sure did. I only got about 14 head of my whole place,
4: Sheriff. And I'm telling you, I ain't mistaken. The calves are gone, and you've got to
1: help me find out who took them. I'll come right on out, Buck, and see what we got to go on. The sheriff went out immediately to Buck Watley's ranch. Upon investigation, he could find no clue to the whereabouts of the missing calves. And by 10:30 A.M., he had called for the aid of a Texas Ranger. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned and approximately 11.45 arrived at the Watley Ranch. Hello, Sheriff. Well, howdy, Jace.
2: Mighty glad to have you give us a hand. Uh, This is Buck Watley.
1: Morning, Ranger. Morning. Is this the gentleman who thinks he had some cattle stolen? Think? I know. I had eight calves out in that field there, and four of them just disappeared into thin air. I just came back from checking the fences, and there's no way they could have strayed, Jace.
4: Hey, hey. What
1: is it,
2: Reno? We're busy. You kids beat it now.
5: Whoa, whoa. Hey, Dad.
2: Go on, Reno. Don't bother me now. I'm talking to the ranger.
5: But listen, Dad.
2: Now, this is my daughter. Kids are sort of excited this morning because they're the ones who discovered the calves missing. I'm
5: trying to tell you, Dad, we found them. The calves? Yeah. Where about? Over at Schmidt's place.
2: Oh, that dirty crook.
5: Right in his south field, aren't they, Dave? Yeah, that's right, honest. i
1: shows sure you never can trust anybody. Are you sure they're your dad's calves?
5: I'm dead, sure they are. You see, we took a shortcut over by his place on our way to school and, and we just happened to see him. four of them. And I know they're my dad's. Come on, I'll show you. Now,
1: wait a minute. You've been running that pony too hard. Now, take it easy, kids. Let those horses rest a minute. They're pretty winded.
5: Well, I had to get back and tell my dad about Schmidt having the calves. You gonna arrest him? Yeah.
1: We have to be sure he stole them first, don't we? Well, I
5: just told you. We found them right over there in Schmidt's field.
1: What do you know about this Schmidt, Sheriff? Oh, I've known him for a long time, Jace. Lives there with his little daughter. Always oh, seemed like an honest, hard old fella to me.
5: I'll tell you, Ranger, he stole our calves.
1: Well, we'll look into it, Reno. Say... How come you kids aren't in school now? The ranger's right, Reno. You kids make track for school. Go on, beat it.
5: Oh, but we want to see you arrested. You
1: do like I said, Reno, or I'll 10 you good. Oh,
5: gee, Dad, couldn't we just wait until he's arrested? We Maybe
1: just... you better do what your dad says, Reno. We can take care of things all right. Get going, Reno. Oh, all
5: right.
4: Come on, gang. Get up there,
1: you Shouldn't let the kid run the horse that way, Mr. Watley and she'll ruin his mouth yanking at it like that. You're right, but it ain't easy to tell Reno what to do, especially when her mother's away. Effie's up visiting her sister this week, and I got my hands full, I can tell you. Look at those kids ride, Jace. Yeah, they shouldn't have a horse if they don't know how to take care of them. Well, we might as well go on over and have a talk with Schmidt, I guess. You want to come with us, Mr. Watley? Well, if they are your calves, you'll have to identify them. All right. We can all go in my car. Where do I head when I get out of the ranch here, Sheriff? Well, see over yonder across the field where the kids are riding? Yeah. Well, it's straight over that way. But we got to go around. And I'll be mighty surprised, Wadley, if Gus Schmidt ever did any stealing of any kind. Well, I guess we'll soon find out.
2: Well, this is a place.
1: aren't you coming with us, Mr. Watley? You mind if I wait in the car? I'd rather you talk to him first. Suit yourself. There he is, coming around the house now.
2: Hey, Schmidt! Yeah? So, Sheriff Hankins, I didn't see you drive in. I, I was out in the back making some sausage. Here. Gus, this is Ranger Pearson. Oh, yeah? wonder if you could answer a few questions
1: for us. Not really. Yeah, of course. Gus, yes. four calves were found missing from Buck Watley's ranch during the night. Four calves? And Watley's daughter, Reno, said she saw them on your place this morning. Oh, fantastic. You don't know anything about them then? Me? Oh, oh, of course I don't. Tell me, Mr. Schmidt, have you got any cattle on your place here? Yeah, just a few. How many?
2: Let me see. We have six altogether, I think. Up if we have them only for milking and making butter,
1: you know. No calves, eh? Well, yeah, he got two. Where do you keep them? Just down there in the field. Yeah, see? You don't mind if we have a look at them,
2: do you? Oh, of course not. Come, I show you. You coming with us, Buck? You better come along, Mr. Wadley. Okay. Good morning, Mr. Wadley. Good morning, Smith. Well, no, I hear you have some calves missing. Yeah, four of them. Oh, you think they strayed away? I know they didn't. Oh, Look, Mr. Watley, we have been good neighbors, yeah? Surely you don't think I took these cars from you? Well, it seems believing where I come from, Schmidt. Oh. Look, Mr. Watley, if you want to look on my place, why don't you come and, and say so? Instead, you bring a sheriff and a ranger, too. Like I'm a thief, yeah? Well, my kid we know said she's seen him here. Ah, this Reno. She tells so many lies as there are fleas in Egypt. Now, look,
1: Schmidt, I don't like your talking that way about my kid.
2: Well, it's true.
1: All right, just hold it, both of you. Let's have a look at your calves, Gus.
2: Yeah, yeah, I show you. I have two, and they are mine. Come on,
1: Wadley. Fine oh, neighbors I have. Yeah.
2: If I find anybody's calves on my place, I bring them back myself.
1: Yeah, there are those kids again. They haven't gone to school yet.
2: Yeah, playing hooky. And they are not staying on my place, I tell you. Beat it, Reno. You heard me. Yeah, that's just right. You tell her to go. Just scram. Get out, all of you. I'll give my own kid order, Schmidt. Well, she does not come on my place again. And now I tell you, Mr. Watley, she is a devil, this Reno. She's a darn sight smarter than your kid, Schmidt. Ah, Narka is a good girl. And Reno, she's smart like a hyena, yeah? Hmm. She puts cement in my well and gravel in the mesh. You keep that little devil off my land from now on, Mr. Watley. So you don't like the kids snooping around, eh, Schmidt? I tell you, I chase them off when they come here the next time. No wonder. No wonder what? So, Reno's a liar, is she? Yeah, I say she is. How many calves did you say you had, Gus?
1: I have two. You better count them, Schmidt. Huh. One, two?
2: Uh, oh. Yeah,
1: three, four, five, six. You got six here altogether.
2: Uh, yeah, it's true. And four of them is mine. How about that, Mr. Schmidt? Well, unfortunately, I, I don't know. Gus, I'm afraid you got a little explaining to do. But, was I explained. I got two calves, and here are six.
1: I don't know how they come to be on my place. Oh, yeah. Now, wait a minute, Wadley. Mr. Schmidt, four of these aren't your calves, then? No. And you haven't any idea how they got here? Nine.
2: If they are yours, Mr. Watley, take them away. I, I don't want anything that is not my own.
1: Well, I guess we found what we were looking for, Buck. Yeah,
2: we sure did. Ah, so, Mr. Watley, I'm sorry they should be here on my
1: place. But how? I don't know. Well, I really ought to have the sheriff run you in, Schmidt. But now that i found them, I guess I'll just run them on home.
4: Hey,
1: Dad! Well, Those kids are still hanging around. They don't mind very well, do they, Watley? No. don't I
2: tell you, Mr. Watley... The next time that daughter of yours, she come on my place, I send for a sheriff myself and have her arrested. Oh, you will, huh? Yeah, saying that I am a thief. She should have her mouth washed out with brown soap. Now, look here, Schmidt. If anybody's going to be arrested, it's going to be you. Now, I'm going to show you. I'm swearing out a complaint against Schmidt for cattle theft, Sheriff. Cock, go ahead. Swear, then. It are going to do you no good. Oh, now, wait a minute, but. No, no, I case. was going to let him off, but now I ain't going to. Let's get on down to your office, Sheriff. Oh, my God. Come on, Gus. I guess we got to take in? No, let go of me. Nobody's arresting me for something I did not do. Do. Come on,
1: come on, Smith. This This kind of thing isn't going to do you any good. Let's ride down and talk things over, shall we? No, nobody's taking me into a thief. Well, the calves were found here, Mr. Smith. And since Watley's preferring charges, I'm afraid you're under arrest.
2: But I did not take those calves, I tell you. Maybe not.
1: You're coming with us anyway. All right. I come then.
0: We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story. Prelude to felony.
1: We dropped the sheriff and Watley off at the ranch to pick up their cars, and then I drove Schmidt on down to the sheriff's office with me. After Watley filed charges against Schmidt, he went home to wait for an order to recover his calves. Meantime, the sheriff and I were having our troubles with Schmidt.
2: But Gus, you've already told us the calves we found on your place were not yours. Yeah, 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 it's true. But still, I did not steal them.
1: Gus, listen. We're not asking you to say you did. All we want you to do is sign a statement that the calves don't belong to you.
2: No, I'm not signing those statements that I am a thief. Gus, look. My secretary here has been taking down everything you've said in your own words. Just let her type up a statement and then sign it and we'll let you go home. Yeah, yeah. How long will it take? Only about a half hour. No, I cannot do it. Nalka will be coming home from school now. Oh. And I have promised I will take her to a party at my sister-in-law's. Well, Gus,
1: I'm afraid you can't go till we tell you to.
2: But, Nalka, she will be frightened. It is getting late.
1: I tell you what, Gus. I'd like to talk to Nalka about this anyway. So why don't I ride out and drive her over to the party while you sign those papers, huh? Would you do this? I'd be glad to.
2: Ah, so? Nalka will show you where Ali lives. And would you see that she has her little sweater? She she takes cold very easy. Narka does.
1: I sure will, Gus.
2: Yeah. Oh, and Mr. Ranger. Yes. Please, could you say as little as possible to Narka about this?
1: While the sheriff was holding Schmidt at the office, I went out to his ranch to get the little girl. When I turned in the road, I saw the same gang of kids that had been hanging around earlier. They were gathered in a bunch by the ranch house porch. They saw me drive up. They mounted and took off in a hurry down the road.
3: Malka? Who
1: is it? I'm Ranger Pearson. Say, what's the trouble? You're going to a party, aren't you? Your eyes will be all red. Nothing's worth crying that hard about.
6: I I don't want to go to the party now.
1: What were those kids saying to you just now, anyhow?
6: They said my father's a thief. Who said that? Reno and Dink. They all did. They said he's a thief and he's going to jail.
1: Mind if I sit down on this step with you a minute?
6: Did you come to arrest my father?
1: No. I came to drive you over to the party.
6: You did? Mm -hmm. Wait till Reno hears about that. Reno's just mean. She's not only mean to me, but she's mean to Satan. Well, if if I had a nice little horse like that, I'd never...
1: Listen, your dad told me you're a pretty sensible kid.
6: Did he? Where did you see my papa?
1: In town. As a matter of fact, I just left him. Where is he? He's all right now, and He'll be home when you get back from your Aunt Ali's.
6: Why isn't he here now? If you know anything about my papa, then you better tell me. Especially if it's true what Reno said.
1: What did Reno say?
6: She said papa's a thief. And he's going to jail.
1: Nalka, do you know anything about four calves that were found in your field this morning? No. You sure?
6: Yes. I mean, yes, I do. I took them. When? Yesterday morning.
1: I'm afraid your story isn't very good, Nalka. Calves disappeared last night. Oh. You know, telling stories never helped anybody very much. Besides, if your dad didn't take the
4: calves... Well, he didn't.
1: Well, then there's nothing to worry about. He's just down talking to the sheriff, and he'll be through in plenty of time to pick you up. Now, come on. You don't want to miss any of the party, do you? No. Oh, uh, by the way, I promised your dad I wouldn't let you forget your sweater. Where is it?
6: It's on the fence.
1: Well, why don't you run back and get it?
6: All right. Oh. Oh.
1: What's the matter, Nalka?
6: I can't find it. It isn't here.
1: You didn't leave it in school?
6: No, it was right here. They took it. Now I know why Dink was acting so funny. Who's Dink? Oh, he's Reno's boyfriend. He was making fun of my sweater. I guess he stole it. That's what he did. Couldn't you arrest him?
1: Well, no, unless I was really sure he took it on purpose.
6: Well, he did.
1: Where does Dink live?
6: He lives over on the other side of the wash.
1: Well, let's stop by that way, shall we? Yes. Come on, then. Let's go. I'm in. <laughs> Your dad tells me you walk to school every day, Nalka. Yes. Well, maybe that's what gives you those rosy cheeks. You ever thought of that?
6: Oh, I don't mind walking so much. But I wish I had a horse. Any kind of a horse.
1: Do the other kids tease you for walking?
6: Uh
1: huh. You'll have a horse someday, Nalka. I bet you.
6: There he is. There's him.
1: Hey, pull up there, son. Me? Yes, you.
6: Yes,
1: sir. You stay here now, I'll handle this.
3: All right. You want me, Ranger?
1: Yes, I want to talk to you. Yes, sir. Did you take a red sweater from Schmidt's place just now? No, sir, I didn't. Are you sure?
3: Yes, sir.
1: What's this piece of yarn doing in the catch of your saddlebag?
3: Huh?
1: Right here, this little piece of wool. Let's see what you got in here.
3: You can see there isn't any sweater in there, sir.
1: Yes, I can. And that's why I want you to tell me where it is.
3: I don't know, Ranger.
1: You better tell me. I'm not fooling now.
3: I'll give it to Reno.
1: You can get in trouble for taking other people's belongings, son. Yes, you know that.
3: Yes, sir. What
1: would you want to take a little girl's sweater for, anyway?
3: Well, uh, Reno said she wanted it for tonight.
1: What's going on tonight? Go on, speak up.
3: I can't tell you.
1: Well, you better tell me. Come on out with it.
3: Well, Reno wants to plant it. Plant it? Well, you know, she she wants to make it look as though Nalka did it this time. Did what? Well... Well, Hurry up. Well, we, we took some calves from Reno's dad.
1: You mean you kids took those calves over to Schmidt's place? Yeah. What's the big idea of all this anyway, Dink? What do you kids want to stir up all this trouble for?
3: I don't know. Just for the heck of it... I didn't want to do it honest. Reno's the one that thought of it. She said that... Well,
1: Reno's going to be talking out of the other side of her mouth when I get through with her. Now, tell me, what is it your kids are up to tonight?
3: Well, we was going over to Cafferty's And
1: steal some more calves, I suppose.
3: Well, yeah.
1: And leave this sweater so little nalka could get blamed for it, huh?
3: Well, gee, Ranger, I didn't want to do it honest. Reno's the one that thought it all up.
1: Now, listen, Dink. I want to tell you something. I've been a ranger for a long time, and I can tell you the jails are full of people that let somebody else talk them into doing something they knew wasn't right. Yes, sir. What time are you meeting?
3: Nine.
1: I don't want you to say anything about this to Reno or anyone else. Do you hear, Dink?
3: Yes, sir. But, gee, I'm going to feel like a stool pigeon tonight.
1: I'm leaving how you're going to feel tonight, strictly up to your dad. Come on, Dink. Where do you live?
3: Right over there in that white house.
1: All right, get moving. I'll be along in a minute. Yes, sir. told Dink's parents to go easy on him because I didn't think he'd be getting into any more trouble for a while. But I asked them to see that he didn't leave the house or use the telephone at all that evening. Then I took the little Schmidt girl over to her aunt's. By this time, I was pretty sure the best person I could get to help me was Reno Watley's father. So about 8.30 I went out to call on him at his ranch.
2: Well,
1: hi there, Ranger. Howdy. Come on in. I'm glad to see you. You know, I've been feeling pretty bad about turning old Schmidt in today. We've been neighbors for a long time. But I ain't gonna let anyone talk about my kid like that. So sit down. Can I fix you something? No, thanks, Mr. Wadley. Where is Reno tonight? Oh, she's going to that young people's party at the church. You know, they have square dancing and games. Try to give the kids a nice, wholesome time. Good idea, don't you think? Yeah, it would be if the kids ever went. What do you mean? I mean, I don't think Reno's over there tonight, Mr. Wadley. You got a telephone at the church? Oh, sure. Well, then I think you better find out. Okay. Hello? Mrs. Crane? This is Buck Watley. Can I speak to Reno, please? Huh? Well, if she does come in, tell her to call her dad, pronto. Well, Mr. Wadley look, Granger, would you mind telling me what this is all about? If you know where my kid is, I'd like to know. Is she in some kind of trouble? I'm afraid she is, and she's heading for more. That's why I came out to see you tonight, about a little matter of cattle theft. Cattle theft? It was your own kid stole those calves and drove them over to Schmidt's place. What are you talking about? Simply this. Reno and her friends thought they could put the bee on old Gus. But what in blazes would make Reno want to do a thing like that? Well, the whole gang of them out here seem to get some kind of excitement out of making mischief for people. I'm afraid Reno's at the root of it. Are you sure about this, Ranger? I'm pretty well convinced. And the worst of it is, tonight they're planning to steal some calves from Cafferty's and pin the blame on Nalka.
2: Schmidt's little girl? But
1: why? Well, it seems they've got it in for her because she's shy and doesn't have a horse of her own like the rest of them. Do you mean those little whippersnappers that do that just because the kid don't have a horse to ride? Yeah, I guess without one, she couldn't be one of the gang. Reno's just a kid, but I never thought she was mean. And I just can't believe she'd take anything that didn't belong to her. Well, I heard you tell Schmidt this morning that Sian's believing. Yes. Well, then, I think you'd better come along with me tonight. What do you say? Yeah. I think maybe I'd better. (laughs) Rodley and I got to Cafferty's a little before nine and staked out behind an old shed not far from the corral. We'd warned Cafferty's to let the kids go through with it just to be sure we caught them without anybody getting hurt. We hadn't been there too long before we heard them coming.
5: There
4: they are.
5: That's Reno, All right. Hey Jan, you and Mike hold the horses. You all right, okay. Well, and and Blokey, you come with me. I just yeah. hope I can keep the lid on my temperature. You tell me it's time,
1: Ranger. Hold it, Watley. Really catch him in the act. i are going to open up that crowd gate any minute.
5: Now. Okay, Bucky, open her up, let him out. Right, I'll get it. Hey, shh, shh, wait, huh? wait. I thought I heard something. Okay, it's all right, I
4: guess. Yeah, come on. Okay, come get up there. Shoot, shoot, Come on, let's move okay. a little closer. Okay, fine. She's going to plant all right, sweater. Lord, now. All right. I'm
1: going to plant something on her backside before long. Okay, Loki. Let me
5: just put this year on the fence. Yeah, and then we'll drive them calves over to Schmidt. <laughs> hey, I'm leaving this year for Mr. Cafferty. in place of these calves. a minute, Mr. Lokey. Let me. Me. Okay,
1: come on. <laughs> all right, you can give that sweater to me, Reno. Seeing it isn't yours.
5: Oh, who's there? Hey, it's a ring. The ring.
4: You
1: kids stay right where you are, all of you. No, oh, you don't, Reno. Get down off that horse. Leave me
5: alone. Here, give me Reno. that quirt. Get me let go me. I said give it
1: to me. Now get off that
2: horse.
5: I won't. You
2: hear me? I said get off. I ought to use that quirt on you, Reno. Come here. Dad. Yeah, Dad. I ought to shake your teeth down your throat for stealing your own dad's calves. Dad. I'm planning to blame it on a little kid.
1: You make tracks for the ranch just as fast as you can, Reno. Do you hear me?
5: <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: The rest of you kids go on home and stay there. You'll be here for me. I Reno, I thought I told you to beat it home. Oh, and that's just the beginning. When I get I'm through with home. you, I'm going to have a couple of calluses oh. on
2: my hands. Get moving. And don't stop moving till I tell you to.
1: <laughs> um, kids. Ranger, I don't know how I'm ever going to face old Schmidt again. We used to be pretty good neighbors, too, for this. Well... On account of his little girl, I'd get that complaint off the books as soon as you could. Oh, I'm going to. I'm doing it tonight. that won't undo all the harm's been done. Wish I could do something to make up for this. Yeah, they were pretty upset, both of them. Kids teasing that poor little girl and all. Ranger, I want you to do something. I want you to go down by the prettiest little paint you can find and charge it to me. Take it over to Nalka, will you? Okay, Mr. Wadley. Only don't let on that it come from me. Old Gus is kind of proud, and I don't know if he'd let her accept it. Well, I thought you wanted to make up for things, Wadley. I do, I do. Well, then go on over. Give it to her yourself. Mm-hmm.
0: In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. And now, here are the results of the case you have
1: just heard. By 11 that night, Buck Watley had withdrawn his charge against Gustav Schmidt. No further complaint was filed. But the juveniles involved admitted to various acts of vandalism and petty theft and were warned that further occurrences would bring about disciplinary action of the court. They were placed in the custody of their respective parents.
2: Next
0: week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas
2: Rangers.
0: Tales starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers Names, dates, and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons The events themselves are a matter of record And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Nighthawk.
1: It is 12.30 on a Friday night early in June 1948. In the town of Tipton, Texas, the graduation dance at Carroll College has been over for half an hour. Two miles outside town, a car drives toward a
7: small airfield used during the day as a landing place for a few private planes. The field and the single hangar are dark as the car rolls to a stop on the road bordering the field. You're not tired, are you, June?
3: My feet are. That Will Appleton. He's your fraternity brother, Todd. Why haven't you taught him to dance?
8: You step on your toes?
3: I just don't see how any boy could be so graceful on a football field, and a Oh, well. (laughs) Who wants to talk about Will Appleton, anyhow? It's a nice dance in spite of him.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: mm-hmm. And nice out here, too.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: moon makes everything so bright.
3: I like the half moon. Everybody's always talking about how pretty a full moon is, but...
7: What's that, June? Well,
3: somebody's coming down the road.
7: Oh, probably some hand off one of the farms walking home.
3: Looks like he's coming right toward us.
7: Well, i have you just imagining he things. You go on, Paz. Todd. Hmm?
3: Got something
7: over his face. Like some kind of mask. Yeah, yeah, looks like a stocking
8: with holes cut out. He's got a gun, Todd.
7: Get out. Hey,
8: <gasps> what is this?
7: Shut up. I don't want to hear nothing out of either of you. This is a sticker. Oh. Get out of the car. Come on. Well, I'm getting, I'm getting. Now, you too, sister. Not that way. Slide over and get out this side. <sighs>
8: What do you want?
7: Give me your pocketbook.
8: There's no money in it.
7: Give it to me. Now, look here. You can't do it. I told you to shut up now. Give me your wallet. Yeah. Yeah, that's better. What's the matter with you, sister? You got nothing to cry about? All right. Now, both of you, start walking down that road and don't look back. Come on, Johnny. Don't be afraid. Wait a minute. You. Start walking down the road alone. You're going to stay with me, sister. No! no you
4: can't do it! Start me.
7: walking, I'll blow your head off. All right, I'm going. Faster! Don't! No, I not get moving! <sighs> okay, sister. Now you and me are going to take a little walk. You and me! Oh, play that way, baby. You and me. No! No! Shut up! Get away!
4: Get away. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up. Shut up. No! You little... i got to get out of here!
8: Johnny,
7: he, he's all right, oh. Johnny. He's gone. Here. Let me help him. Let me help
4: him. me, up. me home. Oh, Johnny.
1: Oh, no. Todd Miller put the girl in his car and drove back to town. After taking her to the hospital, he notified her parents and the sheriff. Sheriff Wilson dispatched deputies to the scene of the robbery and requested assistance from the Texas Rangers. As soon as he had spoken to the girl, the sheriff drove back to the airfield with Todd. Minutes later, Ranger Jace Pearson, who was assigned to the case, reached the field. Howdy, Sheriff. Oh, uh, this is Todd Miller, Jace. Howdy, Ranger. He's the boy who was held up.
4: Ahead,
1: report said you weren't able to identify the man who robbed you, is that right? Yes, sir. He had a black stocking over his head. I could only see his eyes. Where's the car you were driving, Todd? I left it in town. Sheriff brought me back here. If you're thinking about Prince, Chase, I reckon we're out of luck. Todd here says the fella had on gloves. Uh-huh. How about the girl? She hurt bad? She'll be all right. Shaken up quite a bit, though. And he must have hit her an awful whack. Doc thinks her jaw might be broken. <laughs> I shouldn't have done what he said. I, I should have stayed with Joan. you did just what you had to do, son, I don't reckon you had much choice. Todd, could you see which way he headed after he left the girl? Well, I'm not sure, but I thought I saw him running across the field toward the hangar. And then after I got Joni into my car, I saw a car drive out from behind the hangar and start off down the road. Any idea what kind of a car it was? Well, it looked like an old jalopy. I was too far away to see what kind. It was going pretty fast, though. One of my deputies found some fresh oil stains over by the hangar, Jase. Yeah, we'll go over in a minute and take a look. Todd, I want you to try to remember anything you can about this man. Anything
3: all well, happened so fast that there's not much about him I remember. Well, how tall was he? Well, well, I'd say about my
1: height. Can you describe his voice? Well, he never talked out loud. Just whispered. A real hoarse whisper. Anything else? Well, the way he walked right up to the car like he'd been waiting for us. Just walked up and made us get out. Uh-huh. All right, Todd. I think that'll be all. Ranger, you think I could get back to town soon? I'm kind of worried about Jonah. It's all right with the sheriff. He can send you back in his car with one of the deputies. You can come along with me, Sheriff. Sure, Jase. We'll drive over to the hangar and have a look at those oil spots first. Just let me tell my deputy. Uh, Charlie! You take Todd back to town in my car. I'll be with the ranger.
7: Thank thank you, Sheriff. He
1: sure looks like a tough one, Jason. Yeah, but I got a hunch we can narrow it down to one of your local boys. How do you figure that? Well, for one thing, the way he was so particular about keeping his face hidden and whispering to disguise his voice. Mm, It does sound like he wanted to make sure he wouldn't be recognized. But it might have been some stranger who just didn't want to take chances on getting his description broadcast. Could be a stranger, except for one thing. The fact that he was well enough acquainted with the town to know where couples might be likely to park after a dance. Mm-hmm. It's more like a to K-T-X-A,
4: K-T-X-A, unit, 10.
1: unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead, KTXA.
7: The sheriff's office has received call that man in a stocking mask has just held up a couple at Carroll College Football shot, possibly
4: dead. Request this information be relayed
1: to sheriff. Football field straight along this road on the outskirts of town, Jase. Yeah. Ten four. Sheriff is with this unit. Unit 10 proceeding to scene at once. Four minutes after we received the radio call, we were approaching the college football field. We saw a car sitting in the center of the parking area, and 10 or 12 people grouped around something on the grass a little distance away. The man standing near the car beckoned to us urgently. Pulled up a few feet away from him.
4: Uh, howdy, Sheriff, Mr. Ranger.
1: Uh, Snyder's my name, Cliff Snyder. I heard the shots from my house over there. It's an awful thing, just awful. You wanted to show us something, Mr. Snyder? Yeah, the, the boy, he's lying over here. I think he's dead. Where is he, Mr. Snyder? Uh, right around the corner of the car. Uh, uh, there.
7: Yeah? Such an awful thing, a young boy like this, and so much blood. I've never seen so much
1: blood, not in all my life. Uh, he, he, is he dead? Two bullets in his chest. He didn't have much of a chance. I yeah, wish sure he was dead. That's why I wouldn't let nobody come too close till you got here. It's awful. Just awful. Is the girl with those people over there? That's right. Somebody put a coat down on the grass for her. She get shot, too? No, no, no. But she got hurt
7: a little. Uh, told us she run away when this fella shot the boy. Uh, run toward the football stands.
1: Uh, tripped and here her head. Jason, she's hurt bad. We'll have to get her to a dock ourselves. I know the ambulance had to go over to Cedar Falls on an emergency. Let's get over and see her. Who is the girl? Uh, Julie Thomas. Uh, works in the drugstore. Um, she don't know the boy's dead. You know the dead boy's name, Mr. Snyder? Uh, no, no, I don't. Uh, she him around town, though.
7: But I reckon you'll have to get his name from Julie. Uh-huh.
1: Will you let us through, folks? Uh, let, let us through, please. All right, will you stand back, please? Julie. Julie, how you feeling? My, my head
8: hurts a little. Is Johnny all right?
1: I mean, look at your head, miss.
8: I've got to know about Johnny. They wouldn't let me go to him, and I'm sure he's hurt bad. How bad is Johnny hurt? I'm
1: not really you, just it, Miss, we don't like to ask questions at a time like this, but there are a few things we have to know.
8: He, He shot Johnny. Johnny shouldn't have fought with him.
1: What's Johnny's last name?
8: Gordon. I I told Johnny not to fight with him.
1: Julie, is Johnny's home here in Tipton?
8: No. Spartanville.
1: Do you remember anything about the man who shot Johnny? Something that might help us identify him?
8: I I saw his face. You what? He he made us get out of the car. Then he took my pocketbook and Johnny's wallet. Johnny started to fight with him. He pulled the mask off the man's face.
1: You know the man, Miss?
8: Not his name, but... I've seen him around the drugstore. He works at the dairy, I think.
1: Would you recognize
2: him if you saw him again?
8: Yes, I'll I'll never forget him.
1: We'd like you to come to the sheriff's office in the morning and make a written statement. We may need you to identify the man if we find him.
8: I'll identify him. What's the matter? I just remembered. This man who shot Johnny around the drugstore, I've heard people call him Rick.
1: Does he have red hair?
8: Yes. Yes, he does, and kind of a crooked nose.
1: Thanks, miss. That could help a lot.
8: Will you let me go to Johnny now? Julie. Johnny's dead, isn't
1: he? I'm sorry, miss.
4: David.
8: We were going to be married. Julie, I, I, we I think you're We going to be married dead. in September. We were going to have a big wedding. I always wanted a big wedding.
7: Come on, Julie. We'll take
1: you to a doctor. You had a pretty bad bump.
8: On me. No, I, I want to go home.
1: Is anybody there who can take care of you?
8: My father's on the road. He's a salesman.
1: How about your mother?
8: She died a long time ago. Well, then maybe please. Please, I want to go home. I don't want to see any people now. If, if I need anybody, I'll call the lady next door.
1: We'll take you home. The sheriff's right. You should see a doctor first.
8: All right. Ranger? Yes. You sure Johnny's dead?
4: You sure?
1: Yes, miss. I'm afraid so. I see.
4: Oh, Johnny. Johnny. <laughs>
1: As soon as the justice of the peace arrived, we drove Julie to a doctor. He said she'd be all right, so we took her home and told her we'd phone her when we needed her. Sheriff and I spent the rest of the night checking on the lead Julie had given us. We learned that a man named Ernest Crockett, sometimes called Red, had worked for the dairy until a week before when he was fired. At seven that morning, we found out that Crockett lived in a room above a feed store. We got a search warrant and went there. I sure hope Julie's got the right man. Well, she gave a pretty positive identification. Yeah, but she was excited. She might have seen a man with a broken nose and thought it was this red. It shouldn't take us long to find out if she's right. Mm. As soon as we get red down to your office, we'll call Julie and have her try to identify him. You mean if we find red, we could have trouble doing that. Uh-huh. This is as good a place as any to start. Mm. It should be the room. Maybe. We'll get back to the car. I'll ask headquarters to put out an all-points bulletin on him. Yeah, if he has gone anywhere, it's a cinch he hasn't got far. Murder took place at 2.30. That'd only leave him a Hold it, just. Sheriff. Hmm? Somebody coming upstairs. Yeah, that could be Crockett. Stay on your toes. He might try something. If he's our man, I almost hope he does. Shh, careful. What's this all about? You read Crockett? Yeah, what do you want? We'd like to ask you some questions. Who
7: said you can come in here? This? Search one,
1: huh? Okay, what do you want to know? Put your hands over your head. Huh? Frisk him, Sheriff. Yeah. Uh.
7: Nothing on him, Gase. What'd you expect to find? Where were you last night? Out. Where? All around town. I'm a restless type. Hate to stay in one place too long.
1: Were you with anybody?
7: No, I don't like crowds much.
1: All right, Crockett, you're coming with us down to the sheriff's office. What for? We think you might have had something to do with two robberies and a murder last night. Me? Hey, you're crazy. If you're innocent, you'll have a chance to prove it. What do you mean? Somebody got a good look at the killer. Let's go find out what happens when she gets a look at you. <coughs>
0: In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Nighthawk.
1: We took Rocket to the sheriff's office and left him with a deputy. Then I phoned Julie Thomas. There was no answer. Sheriff and I drove to her house and found it locked. The woman next door told us Julie had left early that morning for a nearby town of Spartanville to stay with a girlfriend. After some persuasion, the woman gave us the girlfriend's name and address. We went to Spartanville and located the house. I still don't figure, it, Jace. Why would she want to skip out like this without letting us know? Mm, she was pretty upset last night, Sheriff. Chances are she still is. Yeah, but there's something funny about this, and I don't like it. I can't say I do either.
8: Who's
1: that? Ranger Pearson. Sheriff and I'd like to talk to you, Julie.
8: Why'd you come after me? Why don't you leave me alone? Can we come in? All right
1: your girlfriend around?
8: She had to go out.
1: Is that your coffee on the table, Julie?
8: Yes. You want some?
1: No, thanks. But you finish yours. Then we want you to come back to Tipton with us.
8: I'm not going. Julie, what's the matter Northern, with Nothing, I... I just don't want to go back. I want to stay right here in Spartanville.
1: We think we found the man we're looking for. We'd like you to identify him.
8: I don't believe I could. But you
1: told us last night you'd recognize him anywhere.
8: I know it, but I can't remember anymore.
1: But didn't you see the man who shot Johnny?
8: I thought I did, but I guess I was wrong.
1: All right, Julie. If there's anything we can do for you, just let us know.
8: You're not going to make me come?
1: We can't make you do anything if you don't want to do it.
8: What are you going to do with the man you caught?
1: I reckon we'll have to let him go. Nothing else we can do. Come on, Sheriff. Ranger? Uh Uh-huh?
8: Ranger, I... Oh, I'm scared. I'm so scared.
7: Here, now, Julie, you just sit down
1: right over
8: here. Oh. Don't let him get me. Please don't let him get me.
1: Let who get you?
8: The man who shot Johnny. He told me if I said anything about him, he'd kill me. When was this? This morning, right after I got home.
1: You mean he was at your house?
8: No. No, he phoned. He said if I told him, he'd kill me, no matter how long it took... I was so scared.
1: Julie, your pocketbook that was taken, was there any identification in it?
8: My driver's license. Uh huh. But I can still hear his voice. Like a knife, it went right through me.
1: Now, he can't do anything to you, Julie.
8: He can. I know he can.
1: Not if he's in jail. Well,
8: he'll break out of here. He'll find me and kill me.
1: Let me ask you something. You want to spend the rest of your life knowing that the man who killed Johnny is free?
8: Ranger, please. You can
1: be sure he won't stop with Johnny. He'll rob again, even kill again.
8: I don't know what to do. I just don't know.
1: It's up to you, Julie. We can't force you to identify him, but you're not being fair to Johnny if you don't.
8: All right. I'll come with you. I'll identify the man who killed Johnny. (laughs) I won't have to stay long in the same room with him, will I... Only a couple of minutes, Julie. Just so we can be sure
1: you'll have time to recognize him.
8: I'm afraid of him. His eyes and, and that red hair that stands up all over his head. I, I could see him so clear even when he was talking to me on the phone.
1: Now, you don't have to be scared of a thing. You just identify him and we'll make sure he's behind bars for a long time.
8: Well, won't he get the electric chair?
1: it will be up to the judge. Go ahead in, Julie.
8: Is... Is he
1: in there? No, he's in the
8: next
1: office. Oh. I'll just go on through and see if everything's ready, Jason. Sit down, Julie. No, thank you. You don't have to be frightened about a thing.
8: You keep saying that, but I'm still scared. I'm scared to death. I
1: know you are. I wish there was some way I could help you not to be.
8: You'll stay with me, won't you, Ranger? The whole time I'm in there with him?
1: Sure. Sheriff and his deputy will be there, too. You don't have
8: to worry. All set, Jason.
1: Now, remember, Julie... Don't say a thing while you're in there. Just look at him and listen to his voice.
8: All right, Ranger.
1: Stand up, Crockett. What's your full name?
7: You know my name? What are you asking for? What's your full name? Ernest Crockett. Where do you live? Locker. Okay, 245
1: Esperanza Street. You own a gun? Of course not. I never owned a gun in my life. That's enough, Sheriff. Come on, Julie. Take over, Charlie. Sit down, Julie. Here, take chair.
8: Thanks. I, I will sit down now.
1: Was that the man you saw last night? No. Julie. You sure you didn't recognize him?
8: I never saw him before in my life.
1: But, Julie, the, the red hair and the broken nose you told us about, he must be the one.
8: How many times do I have to tell you? I never saw him. I never saw him.
1: You know what I think, Julie?
8: Well, I don't care. He, he's not the man.
1: I think you're not telling us the truth.
8: You're going to prove it? You're going to make me say something I don't want to?
1: Julie, I told you before we can't force you to say anything. But sooner or later we'll find other evidence against this man. And when he comes to trial, you'll be put on the stand under oath. I'll,
8: I'll swear I never saw him before.
1: If the judge finds out you're lying, you could go to jail. Then
8: I'll go to jail.
1: Julie, I declare I wish I could talk some sense into you. You better go release Crockett, sheriff, and we'll take Julie home. All right, I'll release.
8: Injured. I wish...
1: Forget it, Julie. You do whatever you feel you have to do. But even without your help, we're going to keep after this man till we get enough evidence to convict him.
8: I, I want to do the right thing, but when I looked at his eyes... I, I've got to go away. I, I've got to leave here today.
1: Well, if that's the way you want it. Where do you figuring on going?
8: I, I don't know yet. Somewhere out of the state. I, I'll go up to Dallas first. And tell my father what's happened. All right.
1: We'll stay with you till train time. Almost ready, Julie?
8: Just about. A few more things I want to get out of this hall closet.
1: You better hurry it up a little. It's 5.40 now. Your train leaves in less than an hour. You've still got time to change your mind, Julie.
8: It's it's no use, Ranger. Excuse me a minute. Hello? When are
7: you going to get rid of the cops? What? Shortly. You better make it fast. I'm watching you, baby, and I'm gonna be watching you. You make one break, and you understand? Yes. Just see so you keep your mouth shut.
8: Hello, hello. What's
1: the matter, Julie? You look pale. I'm all
8: right.
1: That was Crockett on the phone, wasn't
8: it? Yes, Rangel. He's he's not gonna let me get away. No matter where I go, I'll have the feeling he's watching me.
1: Chances are he will be.
8: It's no use running, is it?
1: It's never worked for anybody.
8: If you still want me to, I'll identify him. Oh, well, that's fine, Julie. And I'll tell you now the man I saw in the sheriff's office is the one who held us up last night. He shot Johnny.
1: Come on, sheriff. We're going to pick up Red Crockett. <laughs> We took Julie to the sheriff's office, then went to Crockett's room. When we discovered he wasn't there, we alerted all deputies for a systematic search of the town. We informed KTXA that the sheriff and I would be cruising the streets. We just doubled back a second time into the Mexican section when I received a radio call.
4: KTXA to Unit 10.
1: Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead, KTXA.
4: Deputy Sheriff
7: has been wounded in gunfight at Estonita Cafe by a man believed to be Ernest Crockett. Hey. Subject escaped after resisting arrest.
1: Holy oh, smoke. 10-4, unit 10 clear.
4: KDXA, Austin.
1: Where's that cafe, Sheriff? About a block in the railroad tracks. If you swing left at this next corner, you'll come right to it. Hang on. Probably taken off in that jalopy of his. He has. It won't take us long to catch up with him. I wonder which way he could have gone. Wait a minute. Hey, what is it? Just saw a man running into that alley up ahead. Does it lead anywhere? Down toward the freight yards. You can drive through to the tracks. He must be running pretty fast. There's no place he could have turned off. Yeah, this is as far as we can go in the car. Yeah.
7: Hey, Jason saw him. Your lights pick him up. Where? He he ran toward
1: that boxcar. Let's go. Take it easy around this boxcar.
7: There he goes, Jase. climbing into that empty over there.
1: Hold it, Crockett. Give me that gun, Crockett. Get up. It's only your arm. It hurts. It hurts. Bad. Come on, Crockett. You were so anxious to have a train ride. Now I'm gonna see you get one. All the way to Huntsville.
0: just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. And now, here are the results of the
7: case you have just heard. Julie Thomas made a positive identification of Ernest Crockett, and ballistics evidence proved that Crockett's gun had killed Johnny Gordon. Crockett was indicted, and on July 9, 1948, was found guilty of murder with malice, At three minutes past midnight on September 15th, 1949, Crockett died in the electric chair at Huntsville.
4: Next week,
0: Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers.